The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet parents. We've got a fabulous show on tap for you today. I mean, really, this is going to be one that you want to take copious notes while listening, because today we are going to talk about some of the amazing technology tools that are out there for pet parents. Traveling with your pets is super duper popular nowadays. In fact, according to the American Pet Products Association, as much as 37% of pet parents travel with their pets. And that's a 19% increase in just the past 10 years. Hotels, airlines, uh, eating establishments, restaurants, even train travel, all of it's becoming more and more and more pet friendly. And they are all out there trying to get your dollars by saying, hey, your pet's welcome with us. And many states are now even enacting laws that make it legal for your dogs to join the family in an outdoor uh, restaurant spaces. And that's just awesome. So pet travel is a huge, fast growing segment of the pet industry. And one website that can help you keep track of all of this is gopetfriendly.com. I am thrilled to have GoPetFriendly's queen, Amy Burkert, <laughs> on, on the air with us today. Amy, thank you so much and welcome to Pet Lover Geek. Thank you so much for having me, Lori, and I'm really happy to be here. I can take the queen uh, title, I suppose, because the rest of the team are boys. Well, yeah, you that's know, what Ty I bu- <laughs> Yeah, Ty Buster and Rod. I'll get no objections from Ty Buster and Rod on being called the queen of Go Pet Friendly. <laughs> I thought you might like that. <laughs> okay, so, so, you, um, so Ty and Buster are your pups. Yes. Yeah, and, 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 and tell us who Rob is. Rod is my husband. He's, uh, you know, the the man who has agreed to live full time in an RV and travel around the country in search of dog friendly location, pet friendly locations for the past uh, almost six, seven years. So oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. He is a great guy. <laughs> yes, he is a great guy, no doubt. So give us a little bit of a background about how Go Pet Friendly started. Back in 2008, we had, uh, Rod and I were living in Philadelphia, Center City, Philadelphia, running a business out of our home um, and not a pet-related business, uh, financial stuff. We're CPAs by background, so we were running our our, um, business from our home. And uh, we came back from walking Ty one morning. Ty's our little Sharpay. He's uh, 12 years old now. And um, there was some construction going on in our little uh, cul-de-sac. And one of the construction guys came out and said, be really careful. There's a big black dog back there. So um, I sent Ty and Rod inside and I grabbed an extra leash and I went to see about the big black dog. And uh, lo and behold, it was Buster. 
he was uh, abandoned in Center City, Philly. Um, he was hiding behind the dumpster in our little cul-de-sac, and um, we couldn't find us. We put up posters and called the shelters and let everybody, the um, German Shepherd rescue, and let everybody know that we had him, and nobody came forward looking for him. And so after a period of time, a um, couple of weeks, uh, when nobody was, was appeared to be uh, coming forth, we decided that we would adopt him. And after we adopted him, we discovered how hard it was to travel with a big dog in 2008. <laughs> it was <Yes>. complicated <laughs> back then. There were not a lot of websites that um, had conglomerated information. And uh, what Rod and I decided that we wanted to do was we wanted to continue traveling with our dogs. And we wanted to make it easier for other people to travel with their dogs as well. So we put together a website that started out um, being just a database of pet-friendly locations. So... We wanted to cover everything that people should need when they were on the road with their pets. So hotels and campgrounds and beaches and wineries and restaurants and dog parks, pet supply stores, even doggy daycare, you know, for people who were going to be doing something where their pet couldn't join them just for one day. They could mm-hmm. take find a doggy daycare facility, take their dog for the day, but not leave them home for the entire trip. Um, veterinarians, you know, everything that we thought um, people would would need to have all in one place. And then um, about two months before we were ready to launch that, that version of our idea of the website, Rod said to me, you know, you can't really sit at your desk in Philadelphia and tell people how easy it is to travel with their pets. (laughs) I see what's coming next. (laughs) And he, you know, he was right. He was right. Although he, at the moment, at that point in time, he didn't see what was coming next. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, about uh, six months later, we had sold our house, bought an RV, and uh, we were traveling full time. And that's when the blog started was, right. you know, when we started uh, traveling with our dogs. And then we, we started writing the blog to help p- inspire people. You know, to see that our dogs are not perfectly behaved, um, they're not, they've got their own behavioral challenges, and, um, but we're able to travel with them, we're able to do amazing things with them, we've got pictures of them, you know, all over the country, mm-hmm. and uh, just to let people know that it's okay if your dogs aren't perfect, and, and it's not a reason not to get out there and travel with them, and yeah. that's how the blog started, um, and now it's, uh, you know, a major part of the, of the website. Right, yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, I love the blog. I also uh, subscribe to your newsletter, so I get that all the time. But what I think for me as a pet parent, and the reason why you guys are my go-to uh, tool, is is the amazing tools that you have on your site. And and you mentioned how, what the original purpose of the site was and I think that that probably is all encapsulated in that main toolbar that you see when you first go to gopetfriendly.com the travel search yes exactly so the travel search just allows people to type in the name of a city and um, what it'll bring up is a snapshot kind of of that city or what we call this the city snapshot anyway so it'll have uh, four hotels four campgrounds four restaurants four um activities, you know, different things that you can do with your pets in that city. It's just a real brief overview uh, of the city. And then within each of those little blocks of information, you can click on see all. So if you want to see all the campgrounds in that area, um, you just click on that list and it'll take you to a complete list of the campgrounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that it was just kind of an easy way for people to get a quick look at, at a place where they were heading 
um, and um, but still be able to really easily get to all of the detailed information. Right, and 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 then if they're if like they're going on a, a trip and they want to plan the whole thing from beginning to end, you've got the road trip planner, and I I have to tell you the road trip planner was a godsend for us. I've used it on three separate uh, trips that we've done with our pups, including our wedding and mini honeymoon where the dogs were the only ones that were invited. Um, And it really helped us set everything up. So tell us a little bit about that tool and what they can expect. So the road trip planner is my favorite tool as well. And it was one of the things that that we built right shortly after um, building the database Um, because that's the kind of vacation I love to go on. It's the kind of vacation my parents took us on. And um, if you only had the ability to search by city, you would have to go through and, and, and look at the map and figure out your route. And then you would have to search in every single city. And that was tedious for me. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even make sense. So you, you don't know what you're missing when you, when you plan a trip that way. So we built the road trip planner um, so that you can type in where you're starting from and where you're going to, and it will map your route. And then you can check off um, the different things that you'd like to see along the way. So if you're going on a camping trip, you can check the box for campgrounds, and it will show all of the pet-friendly campgrounds along the way. And then you can click on those dots on the map, and you can get more information about the campground and their telephone number and their you know, their pet policy even. Um, we've got that included, too, on the website. Um, so you know if there's a breed restriction or a weight restriction or if there are additional fees that are going to apply. And that's true for hotels as well. Um, so you can... Hotel. You can click off hotels. If you want to see what there is to do along the way, you can click off attractions, and it'll show you the dog parks and the beach dog pet friendly beaches, and um, you know different hiking opportunities and and different mm-hmm. parks. And so um, it just kind of gives you a good overview of the things that you're driving by. One of my irritations was when we first took Buster on his first road trip. He was about a year old, and he's you know, a German shepherd, a year old, who's going to be in the backseat of our car for three and a half weeks. Um, so I s- <laughs> imagine that, right? Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try not to, br- I hope it doesn't bring tears to your eyes, because yeah. that's kind of what it was like. Back before the website, we had the website, and I said to Rod, I don't know where the dog parks are. I don't know if we're driving right by a pet-friendly beach. We need to find some place for this dog to burn off some energy. I, but I don't know where to go other than to search, you know, every individual town that we're driving through. And that was, that was a big frustration. And, and so that the was road the trip biggest plan really us. fixed that. Yeah, that was the biggest for us too, especially those dog parks, because we also have a big black dog that needs to burn off some steam. And uh, that was a lifesaver for us. And, and tell a little bit about what's the difference between that, the road trip planner and the destination guide. So the destination guides are a de- more of a detailed pause on the ground look at the different places that we've been. So I write blog posts uh, about the places that we travel to. So everywhere from, um, you know, the fun things that we've done in Portland, Oregon to uh, different things that we've done, you know, over visiting Jekyll Island off of uh, the coast of Georgia. Um, I've written over 200 now um blog posts about the different places that we visited. So if people are thinking of going to Yellowstone or the Grand Canyon, or they're looking at, um, you know, taking their dog up to uh, Canada, for example, and visiting Banff or Vancouver, we've, we've, 
been traveling now for seven years and we've done a lot of those things. So um, sometimes just having a little bit more detail, a little bit more uh, personal uh, look at it, some getting to see some photos, getting to see, some, you know, Ty and Buster actually out doing some of the activities that we talk about rather than just having a list it sometimes just helps give people a little bit more confidence if they see, oh, yeah, Amy and Rod have been there. Ty and Buster have gone and done these things. And here's what Amy said about, you know, the things that they found to do in the area, whether it is pet friendly, whether we didn't really consider it very pet friendly, whether, you know, there are things that you might enjoy there or things that maybe there would be someplace better for you to go um, and do the things that you like to do with your dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I actually like to use it just as kind of like my bucket list place <laughs> where I can yeah. go and I can look and say, oh, ooh, hey, we need to go on here, you know, go tr- trip here, honey, kind of thing. And I love it for that. So what other kind of tools do you have on the site that maybe we didn't mention uh, that you think are good to point out? Well, we have a great uh, resource center. So um, we've, we just relaunched the blog and the website in November, and we've reorganized it a little bit, so it makes it easier to find things. We've got um, a tips and resources section for people with for people who are just starting out um, traveling with their pets or, you know, the really advanced travelers. We've got, um, um, you know, tips that help all of those different people in all of those different kinds of situations. We've also got um, some great resources on the web. So one of the things that we've done is we have gone and um, researched all of the state parks in the nation and looked at their pet policies. And we've written a single blog post that encompasses all of the information that you need when you're visiting a state park in any of the states in the country. Um, So that's that's in our... Yeah, that's a really great tool. Mm -hmm. We've also got information on the um, airline pet policies. For example, we keep up to date on the airline pet policies so that they're all in one place. So if you're looking for information about flying with your pet, you can find that on there. Um, So those are probably the biggest, uh, the biggest additional tools. And then we also, like you mentioned earlier, uh, we do write a newsletter every, every once a month. It's just a once a month newsletter. And it kind of covers what's current, what's currently going on in the news in pet travel and a little bit of um, a little bit of an inside look, a little bit, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more personal. uh, The first the first few paragraphs tend to be something a little bit more personal uh, from our travel experience. Um, more than I, more kind of more personal, I guess, than I write on the blog. Something that you know has affected me. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I like I like your newsletter. It's actually one of the few I actually read when I get it. Thank and, you. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend it. And awesome. Seriously, folks, uh, Go Pet Friendly is, in my opinion, uh, the easiest, best website out there if you're going to be going on the road with your fur kids. And yeah, there are some other ones. And actually, we're going to, I think, be talking about one in the next segment with our next guest. But I would recommend starting with GoPetFriendly.com. And Amy, we've just got a little bit of time left, but uh, just a couple minutes. And I want to ask you, you know, we're technology geeks here. So are there any gadgets, gizmos, anything like that that you just love using when you're on the road with the dogs? We are pretty simple uh, people as far as, uh, you know, what we use for the dogs. My my favorite things are... Um, safe, keeping the dogs safe, right? That's my most important consideration. So Absolutely. The technology has really improved, and I think you're going to be talking late in another segment, too, about the way the technology has improved in collars and leashes and, and harnesses. We use sleepy pod harnesses for our dogs to keep them safe while we're traveling. They're crash tested. The boys are always buckled up when we're driving, whether in the RV or in the car. Um, we love Martingale collars from Alcott. Uh, they make a, a really comfortable collar for the dogs that 
it's it's practically impossible for the dog to slip their collar, which is the way a lot of dogs and cats, unfortunately, get lost when they're when they're traveling with their people. So we we use that. Um, we use walking harnesses. So the other big big um, irritation when you're traveling with your pets is being dragged around by your pets on the end of the leash all the time. And so we use um, walking harnesses. They're called the Freedom No Pull Harnesses from Two Hounds Design. And we can attach the harnesses at the chest for for Buster because he's a big 85-pound German Shepherd and he can be kind of hard to control if he sees a Mm -hmm. squirrel or something that he wants to bounce after. But having the leash connected at his chest gives me a lot more ability to um, not follow him (laughs) bouncing, Mm -hmm, not bounce behind him as he's (laughs) charging down the road. Um, And then for Ty, the freedom no pull harness we attach his on his behind his shoulder blades he's a little bit you know smaller and a little bit easier to maneuver but he still likes to pull on the leash which gets tiring after a while so the the harnesses that we use have a built-in martingale loop so it kind of tightens around his chest and his upper body when he Mm -hmm. pulls and helps train him not to do that and uh, the other thing that we do is we always carry treat bags. We have little treat pouches, and we don't go anywhere without them. Um, like I mentioned earlier, our dogs have some behavioral challenges. They're both afraid of other dogs. And so is that's one of the challenges. So we have um, we always carry our treats, and we're constantly in training, you know, in different <laughs> environments, different situations. We, we look at life as one big training exercise. So having the treats along is really important. Is there Are there any... Um, gadgets that, you know, I know that companies come to you all the time asking for reviews. Are there any that you've tried out that you're like, eh, not worth the money or time? Um, you know, not that I can think of. The one gadget that we are trying out right now, and it's pretty sweet, is a Blink camera from, um, so it's an it's a you just stick it to the wall and it's a it all connects um, wirelessly and now I can take photos of what's going on in the RV when we're out. Hmm. So or it will it has a motion sensor and it will send me videos if it senses motion in the RV, which when you have two dogs in the RV is almost constantly. So you could really burn through your data <laughs> yeah, plan exactly. in a hurry. But just being able to take a photo and say, OK, the guys are sleeping or the guys are well, we're out getting groceries or something like that when Ty and Buster can't join us. Um, you know, just to be able to get that reassurance that, oh, yeah, I can just use my app on my phone and see the see the dogs. They're sleeping right there on their sofa, you know, and everything looks like it's copacetic. So that's a nice, reassuring little little um, thing to have in the RV. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. Uh, tell us again uh, where to uh, find you guys online. So we're just at gopetfriendly.com, and we uh, it's also gopetfriendly on all the social media platforms, and we're active in all of those as well. So um, we're, we're pretty easy to find. The car and the RV are also wrapped, so if you see us as we're traveling around the country, be sure to say hi. <laughs> yeah, you are, easy, you are not easy to miss. <laughs> we are easy to identify. Sure. There's Perfect. no question. Yeah, absolutely. We well, thanks so much for coming on again. Sit, stay, and we will be right back with some other important travel tool insight from the gal who knows you did what with your wiener. This is Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, pet lovers. For our next segment, we are going to dish again with Jessica Williams. She recently joined us, as you remember, to chat about subscription boxes for pets. But today, we are having her here so she can talk with about, about traveling with her pets, which is, of course, what she is the expert at. Jessica is the creator and editor of youdidwhatwithyourweiner.com, and her site is a mecca for doggy parents who like to get out into the wilderness and camp and hike and get generally grungy and dirty with their dogs. <laughs> and because Jessica and her Dawsons do a far more rugged approach to camping than, say, somebody with an RV or somebody who likes to do traveling with their pets to hotels and stuff, it doesn't mean that, that she doesn't like some really geeky things that she has and she loves and relies on when exploring the great outdoors with her pets. So Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you back on. Let's just jump right in here. I know you've got a great list to go over. So when you are planning a big trip, what are your go-to resources to help you get everything squared away before you leave? Well, so when I, a big trip to me is a big road trip somewhere. And we, if the weather's nice, we try and do a lot of camping, but it's funny you mentioned, you know, hotels or RVs. We don't have an RV, but I we still stay in hotels sometimes. But anyway, so before I leave for a trip, um, I go, I visit gopetfriendly.com. Pet um, yep, we just had Amy on the show, so yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And uh, you can type in where you start from, where you're going, and then along the way, research hotels, campgrounds, restaurants. Um, so that's perfect for us because we can stay in hotels when we want to or camp, you know, 
find a lot of campgrounds, dog-friendly campgrounds. But when we're on the fly, sometimes we're, we live by the seat of our pants a little bit. So, <laughs> so sometimes we don't drive the 10 hours in a day we thought we were going to or we don't want to stop and we end up driving 15. So we find ourselves somewhere where we hadn't picked out at either of those things. Um, so I have the Bring Fido app downloaded to my phone. So kind of on the fly, I can find hotels, restaurants, activities in the town we're in. Oh, that's like great. That. And that's yeah. called Bring Fido, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So, and you have other things that I know that you do prep-wise before you get home, which is, of course, important that we prep beforehand so that we're safe on the road. And I know there are some identification tools and tracking things that you recommend having set up beforehand so that in the case that your dogs get separated from you, you can find them again quickly. Yeah. So, the biggest thing um, is I think the dawn of digital ID pet ID tags is the greatest thing. I happen to have one um, from Pet Hub. And digital ID tags, they, they basically they have a code or a website or serial number that links to an online database. So it, why it's super great for me is because we travel a lot, I can update my um, location and contact information on the fly as I as I go. I mean, on the way to the hotel, like my husband can be driving and I can be typing in where we're going to stay and then the number of the hotel, including, you know, mine. And I can even make notes saying, you know, we are traveling, you know, mm, and we plan awesome. to be here for so many hours kind of thing. Um, and also then I upload like the current vaccination records, because you never know. They usually don't, but a hotel could ask you for them. Oh, um, yeah, right. And having that stuff on a profile on your phone is makes it easy peasy. Yeah. And, and another thing is that, um, unfortunately, dogs aren't allowed in most national parks. And when I say aren't allowed, they can drive through in the car with you and get out and stand on the side of the road. But sometimes, if I'm going somewhere, I actually want to hike. So um, I have set up before I leave to, uh, to coordinate with a doggy daycare or a dog sitter, maybe on Rover or just mm -hmm. a local kennel that I can keep them in for the day. Um, and I always have those papers with me just in case that they say, Oh, we never received what you sent or something. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's nice to have those, um, in, you know, accessible digitally. And I, I also I do carry the rabies tag or I have it on them, but our I don't I don't know different cities might be different, but ours doesn't have an expiration date on it. Um, I still carry it because it has the number so it can be looked up. But you know a few tags you know jangling around it's kind of annoying when you're hiking. And the biggest thing is my dogs have to go out and use the bathroom at like four four a.m. in a hotel, <laughs> and I don't want them jangling past other people's doors because it's it's loud and sometimes disturbs other dogs. Totally. And I don't totally. Want dog barking too so yeah and do you have like a so you have a specific uh, tag holder that you use for that i've switched back and forth i i am trying the freeze tag dog, dog tag silencer which is um it, it's kind of it's hard to explain i guess unless you see the picture but it, it but it mashes them together and holds them perfectly still it's got kind of a screw on it two pieces of front and a back screws them together in the past i've used the simple silencers like the rubber rings that go mm -hmm. around the tag yeah. um those worked okay for me but i'm always looking for the latest and greatest so i'm trying the freeze tag 
Yeah, I like the freeze tag actually. I've used it on my dog, my dogs too. I think it's easy to make to add more tags to it as well. I like that part of it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and you also have some um, things that you've used in the past, like act- activity trackers, that type of thing, so that that you can use an app and things like that. So when when you're out and about, you know how far you've gone and all those things with your dogs, right? Yeah. So if you're talking about like just exercise our walking routes and keeping track of calories burned and steps and stuff. I use, um, I do have, I had, I used to use a Fitbit and now I have a Garmin Vivo active. They, um, the Vivo active is just a little better for me because the battery lasts longer and the heart rate's a little bit more accurate. Um, and then a lot of times I use a, an app on my phone called Strava, and it basically it's it was originally made for people who bike, but mm-hmm. there's a a hiking or walking option on there, or maybe it's running, but it works the same hiking, walking, running. Right. Um. And and you can actually get a a map, a GPS map showing you how far you hiked and the speed. What I'm more worried about is getting lost or yes. injured. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's what that. you're getting at. Well, yeah, and talk about those tools because I know that you, human, I mean, let's face it, I've gotten disoriented before on trails. <laughs> and yeah. so, what kind of tools are out there that tech tools that you can use so that you know where you are, what you can expect? And also, if you do get lost, uh, how you, the human who's hopefully with your pets, can get found. So as you said kind of in the beginning, just because I like to rough it doesn't mean I don't like technology and gadgets and things. So I actually have, um, it's a GPS unit made by DeLorme, which I believe was bought by Garmin, but, I, but it might be still be called DeLorme. It's called the InReach anyway. It's either called the Garmin InReach now because it was bought or DeLorme, D-E-L-O-R-M-E. And what I have is a version that's a... a like a smallish kind of GPS, but that's not really why I have it. I have it because it's an SOS beacon um, mm. that works by you know, by satellite, you know, like the GPS. So if I'm out hiking with my dog, even if I go on short trails, I bring it. But because um, I do a lot of hiking by myself with my right. dogs and stuff. And if you're lost, if you're um, injured, if your dog is injured and you can't carry them out, you can't hike out. Um, you can press an SOS button on it and it sends to the nearest emergency alert. Um, it's not usually nine. It can be 911. I guess it varies by region. But anyway, it sends a signal and it goes right to the search and rescue people. And the unit also has the ability to text back and forth. So I can text. It doesn't have to be an emergency, but I can text to my husband to let him know how I'm doing. I can When I text him, my dot on the map of where I am mm-hmm. goes to him also. So he can watch my progress. Oh, that's good. He can he can see exactly where I'm at. I can say, hey, I'm going to be late. If I did have to activate the emergency portion of it, which I have thankfully never had to, hopefully never will, um, but it allows you to two-way text with the rescuers. Because what if you fell down an embankment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to text, like, I'm, I'm under the log, about 100 <laughs> feet down the hill, please help. You know, but I mean, it helps them find you. So to me, that is the greatest thing. It's totally worth it. The unit itself is not cheap. You have to pay a little bit monthly for the service. Um but it's but huge. Use, That's a huge, important huge. tool to have. It's, yeah. It basically, it literally will save your life. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> probably our number one tool. And and by the way, we'll make sure that we have that on our uh, Rewind, episode Rewind blog post, and we'll make sure that we have the link to that too. You were going to say something else? 
Oh, just that if you do want, this is a newer thing I found, but if you want a lower budget kind of thing, there's a, there's a website called Hiker Alert. Um, and I guess you, you enter in your trip details, where you're going, when you plan to be back, things like that. And then if you, I think when you come back, you check into it. But if you haven't mm-hmm. checked in by the time you said you'd be back, it sends you a text and says, hey, are you okay? And if it doesn't hear back from you, then it sends out a text to your emergency contact saying, with, with your itinerary where where you were going so it doesn't provide gps right but but it does provide a lot of good information and alerts for people. yeah starting point and yeah all of these tools well at least the the delorme that you were talking about um it needs uh power and sometimes i know you're you're out and about really remote and going for a long time so what do you do about recharging yeah well so i take most of my pictures on my cell phone so i don't want that to die i have the um GPS. I don't want that to die because it's my emergency lifeline. Um, so yeah, I do have a lot of things I have to keep charged. My regular camera too. I bring my DSLR a lot of the times, but um, I usually bring one or two battery, just battery packs. I use the, if I'm going on a longer trip, I use the Goal Zero Venture 30 recharger. It's very rugged. It's waterproof. Um, you can drop it, but you can recharge it from a solar panel because what happens is here I am in the in the in the back country with my camera and my phone and my GPS and like ten heavy chargers. <laughs> if I'm going to be gone for a <laughs> yeah, week, you know? that's a, and all these yeah. wires everywhere and stuff. So being able to recharge it, um, you can buy a little solar panel and recharge it during the day. And even you know, I live in Seattle; it's kind of cloudy. It does still. Well, okay, it's really cloudy, but. <laughs> But um, in the summer, you get more sun. But still, it, it is enough to keep it charged. You might you do, might want to bring a couple so you can charge one all day and mm-hmm. use one. But that's still only two versus like maybe ten or something. Right. But yeah, I, totally. It being rugged is the most important thing for me. Yeah, so. that's great. So we'll make sure that that is on the rewind as well. Now, once you know you're out on the trail, you've got all your gadgets. There are some things that people wouldn't think of as being high tech, but actually have had a lot of advances lately that make them really great tools. So I'm thinking mostly about like leashes. There are leashes and collars out there that use cutting edge new materials and designs that make them fabulous options. Tell us more about those. Yeah, well, the newest thing um, with design and and, you know, it, it, they've been rolled, a lot of people don't know about them. They've been rolled out over the years. But especially for travel is to use something like the Roughwear Flat Out Leash that allows you, um, it's not just a just one leash. You can use it traditionally, just like around your wrist. There's a loop. There's the, the leash. You can um, adjust it to tie around your waist for hands-free if you've got to be doing something important or you just want your hands free for, I don't know, taking pictures. I don't know, something like that. Right. Um, it has a lower handle, so a traffic lead if you're going to cross the road or you have, you're in a crowded situation you want your dog close to you or your dog's kind of anxious instead of yanking on the end of like a five-foot leash, you can grab mm-hmm. that traffic lead and keep them right by your side. Um, it also works if you're going to, I don't necessarily condone like, you know, um, tying your dog to something while you go in shopping in the store. But, uh, but when I'm out hiking, I, I want, I don't want my dogs to run off, but I don't want to have to hold their leash. So uh, I want to clip them around like a tree branch or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it makes it easy to clip it around something you can, it's adjustable. So you can, whether the thing's bigger or smaller, um, there's a few other leashes out there like that. They're kind of t- 
termed like multi multifunction or multi-use leashes, but but those are really nice. Um, the thing that I am completely sold on, and it's actually not new technology, but it's a new use of it, is something they call biothane, which is basically your regular nylon webbing with a coating of um, not hard plastic, but like a soft rubber over mm-hmm. it. And it was traditionally used for, I, apparently, I learned this after the fact, but for um, horse stuff, tack, mm, right, long, cool. uh, the, the long leads you jog your horse around with because it gets dragged in the mud a lot. Well, now they make biothene leashes and collars for dogs, or sometimes it's just code, called um, coated nylon webbing. But they're great. It feels like leather, but it doesn't get wet. It doesn't attract a lot of dirt they're really easy to clean they stay looking new for a long time you can drag them through the mud the dirt the sand everything and they're totally durable and i really love that yeah i think actually pet hub even has one of their collars is made out of biothane Mm. um so that's yeah i've seen that around definitely yeah we only have a couple like like literally one more minute left is there any one last little thing that you say like this is a must-have for traveling pet parents um, well, yes. If you're going to drive with your pet, I recommend, if at all possible, getting some kind of restraint system that's crash tested. You could get mm-hmm. the Sleepy Pod Click It Sport is a crash tested harness. It also works as a walking harness. There are some crates that have been like dog crates that you put in the back of your SUV or something that have been crash tested. You can check out the Center for Pet Safety and they will tell you if they've ran tests on them and what the results of those tests were. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I think that that's important. That is super duper important. That's such great stuff. Such good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today. We always appreciate having you on. You always have such great things. And I know that you'll come back on again in the future to talk with us about more geeky pet stuff. Sounds great. So stick around. A bit more Pet Lovers. Up next, we are going to talk about important things to know when you have to travel, but you have to leave the fur kids at home. We'll be right back on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us 
at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for hanging with us, pet lovers. We're going to take the last little bit of time we have today to change directions and talk about pet parents that have to travel, but unfortunately can't take their pets with them. Now, we've chatted before about some of the apps and the websites that are out there to help you find a great pet sitter. And one of those websites that we talked about before is PetSit.com. It's the home of Pet Sitters International, and they are really great people that can help you find a qualified professional pet sitter, which I personally think is the best way to go. So I've invited PSI's Vice President of Marketing and Operations, Beth Stoltz, to come on the show and help us dig a little bit deeper into what modern pet sitting really looks like and some of those tech tools that are out there to help both pet parents and the pet sitters during those times when you have to travel but leave the fur kids at home. So Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We're really happy to have you here. Um, pet Sitters International has been helping traveling pet parents find pet care for more than two decades now, right? Yes, yeah, since 1994. Wow, that's great. So you, you're really trusted, you're established, and, and people can definitely go to you as, as, as a respected, knowledgeable source. So what are some of those big challenges that you've seen, or excuse me, big changes that you've seen in how pet owners search for pet care options now? You know, it's funny when we think of it now, but when Pet Sitters International first started um, back in 1994, as I mentioned, most pet sitters had, pet owners had first of all not heard of pet sitters, uh, but those who had, if if they were interested in finding a professional pet sitter um, or a dog walker, they would actually pick up their phones, probably a landline they were calling from, and they would call the PSI office and ask for a recommendation. Oh. Uh, but of course, that's certainly not what um, what we see today. Um, PSI has actually had an online directory um, since the beginning. We have the largest online directory of professional pet sitters available. And so um, now we see that, of course, pet owners are going to our website uh, to find their local professional pet sitters. So we don't get those phone calls anymore. Um, They're definitely using the web um, and using the um, com locator to find a local pet sitter. And then I would say most recently the, the biggest shift that we've seen in the last few years um, which, of course, is not surprising, um, is that more of our visitors now are viewing the PetSit.com website and our locator uh, from their smartphones as opposed to their, their computers. Right. Yeah, everything, everything nowadays is mobile, and, and people are looking for an app to do this or an app to do that. So we, our computers that are in our back pockets can <laughs> help us run our lives for sure. So along those same lines, uh, what sort of major changes have you seen in the way that pet sitters serve their clients and use technology to do that? You know, it is really a whole new world for professional pet sitting. Um, you know, when we talk about it here at PSI, there's, there's no question that technology has improved um, the customer service that pet sitters and dog walkers are able to provide. Um, of course, some of the most, I think, obvious changes or advantages to technology that come to mind is that pet sitters um, are now able to offer you know, online scheduling or online uh, payment processing for their um, clients. We have many pet sitters who now use pet sitter software. Uh, some of the top pet sitter software companies, there's Power Pet Sitter, uh, would be the company that we've worked with the longest. Uh, but there are various um, softwares out there now for pet sitters, which allow them to keep um, um, their client information um, on their website or in an app. It allows their clients to access their pet records and to also uh, schedule their visits online. 
Um, so technology like that has certainly simplified the process for pet owners in terms of booking repeat visits and also paying their pet sitter. Yeah, and I've, I, some of the, um, like our local pet sitter here, um, her tech, her website is fantastic and it's mobile friendly, which is super important. I know a lot of your uh, pet sitters are going that direction as well, right? Definitely, and that's something that we encourage our pet sitters to do as an organization. You know, a few years back, um, PSI had to say, you know, our website has to be responsive now. You know, mm-hmm. we have to be able to make sure that visitors to our site can view the site properly um, from their mobile devices. And so we encourage our pet sitters uh, to do the same. And they understand that their potential clients and their current clients are on the go. So chances are they're going to be looking at their website or, or looking for pet sitters from their smartphone. And so they are making sure that their websites you know, are responsive or mobile friendly. Yeah, and you know, I want to continue talking about how pet sitters use tech tools. We, on this show, at least, we have talked a ton about all of the new gizmos and gadgets that are out there when you're, and we've talked about them mostly, you know, when you're at work and you want to see your pet or, or whatnot, and, and things about keeping track of pets with GPS collars and things like that. Have pet sitters uh, embraced some of that technology? How have you seen them using some of those new tech tools that are out there? We are starting to see more of that in, in PSI's pet sitters. Um, you know, everything from some of the basic things that you think of, um, you know, just using their smartphones and using FaceTime and that type of thing to communicate with their clients. Um, and, and we can certainly, you know, talk more about that later. But just in terms of the tech gadgets they're using, when you think about the GPS trackers, whether it's the AKC tracker, um, there are so many different pet trackers that are coming out now. that are on um, the paw tracker. They're much more affordable now and easy to use. Um, we've seen some pet sitters now offering that as a value add to their dog walking services. So that way their, um, their clients are able to track the walks in real time. We've also seen, seen some of the pet sitter software companies integrate that functionality into their software programs so that um, pet owners are able to um, track the walks or also pet sitting business owners who use staff walkers are able to track the walks. So I think we're going to continue to see the use of that grow as um, pet sitters look to manage their businesses more effectively but also provide a service to their clients. Um, Also something that we were talking about uh, recently here at PSI and we're going to talk more about in the upcoming issue of our magazine are some of the fitness trackers for dogs. Um, so many of our pet sitters are already using, you know, Fitbits for themselves uh, to track their activity. But we think we're going to start seeing more of uses of devices like the FitBark that will track the pet's activity. And we, um, we expect pet sitters to start recommending those to their clients and also incorporating those into the services that they offer. Yeah, I think that that's great. And it's a great uh, partnership as well for those companies to reach out to, I think, pet sitters and say, hey, this is a great, as you said, value add to give to your clients for sure. Exactly. You know, that's what we, um, when we talk about, you know, the pet sitters role in the pet industry in general, or now even in the tech industry, you know, our pet sitters are seeing clients, their pet owners every day. And so they get a really good feel for what types of um, gadgets could help improve their clients' lives and the pets' lives. And so to be able to make those recommendations and then also incorporate them into their services is really important. Absolutely. Now, there's a ton of tech out there. There's a ton of tech out there that, frankly, is geared towards pet sitting in specific or, or, or people that are looking for pet sitting and pet care in general. So what kind of pitfalls do you see or potential pitfalls that you might see that a, a tech-savvy pet parent might find when they're out there looking for pet care? You know, it's, technology has definitely made the process of finding a pet sitter 
so much easier, which I think is a is a wonderful thing. Um, we're also busy. Um, I, I know that I am, and so when you want to find a service provider of any kind, but especially you know a pet sitter, you want to be able to do that with as little fuss as possible. Um, but you know, pet sitting is a very personal service, and that's one of the things we try to stress to uh, pet owners. So while you want to, you know, it's great to use technology to simplify the process of finding a pet sitter. You also have to keep in mind that tech savvy doesn't automatically equal quality care. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we recommend to pet owners is that, you know, for example, an app may allow you to book a pet sitter or a dog walker, you know, with one click, and it's it's a great alternative. But you do have to understand that convenience doesn't automatically mean that you're getting a great pet sitter. doesn't mean that you aren't either because there are certainly, you know, reliable professional pet sitters and dog walkers um, on any of the apps and websites that are currently available out there. But we just recommend that you don't solely rely on any website or app. And so don't skip your own due diligence. So if you are selecting a pet sitter, whether you're using an app, a website, or even meeting one in person, there are some specific qualifications that you should look for, but also, you know, some specific questions that you should ask. Like what? Give us an example of what you should be looking for. You know, there are typically seven main questions that we say a pet owner should keep in mind if they're looking to make sure they're really using a professional pet sitter or dog walker. Um, The first is to see if the pet sitter has a business license, if it's Mm -hmm. required in the city or the state. Now, there are certainly um, people out there who do, you know, pet sitting or dog walking in their spare time just for extra cash doesn't mean they're not pet lovers, but without being a legitimate business, there are some pitfalls that could happen for the pet owner should anything happen. Mm-hmm. So definitely look for that business license. One of the most important things is to make sure that any pet sitter or dog walker is insured and bonded. While we don't want to think that anything is going to happen, um, we know that it can. So you want to prepare. So a uh, pet sitter insurance will cover anything that could happen to a client's pet or their home uh, during a pet sitting visit. So that's really important. Another thing that we've noticed, which surprises me, honestly, that sometimes pet owners don't think about uh, when they're looking online for a pet sitter, is that you want to make sure they have a clear criminal history. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah it, it, seems so, it seems so important, but we're, you know, we're seeing the trend now for pet owners to ask, which is wonderful, but any service provider we allow into our home, you want to make sure that they have this clear criminal history. We also typically ask about bonding. And so you want to do the same thing for a pet sitter or a dog walker mm-hmm. that you're not only allowing into your home, but you're also giving them access to your pets. Right, and you're giving them your key. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so um, while you, know, you want to quickly find a, a pet sitter or a dog walker, you want to make sure you ask these questions because they will be in your home, and, and as you said, they'll have your key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in addition to you know, wanting to make sure they have a clear criminal history, um, ask for references. Um, you know, online testimonials can certainly be one way to see references, but if you're not sure about those, don't hesitate to ask any potential pet sitter or dog walker, can you refer me to some of your current clients? You mm-hmm. know, to talk to them and ask a few more questions. Another thing that we have found that pet owners don't automatically know they should look for but is so important um, is that the pet sitter or dog walker use a contract or a services agreement. Um, again, I think sometimes it's easy to say, oh, I mean, to find a pet sitter, they're just coming to walk my dog or they're going to be staying with the dog or the cat while I'm on vacation or I'm out of town for work. But again, you're giving them access to your home, mm-hmm. uh, to your pets. There are specific um, procedures you expect them to follow. And so having all of that in writing in a legal contract is extremely important. Totally, totally. So are there any other... Just... Oh, go ahead. 
I'll say just, you know, just a couple more questions that we ask is in addition to the business aspect, you also want to make sure that you're using an educated pet sitter or dog walker. Um, again, it goes back to we wouldn't want anything to happen on a dog walk or on a pet sitting visit. But if you're out of town um, for an extended time or even just overnight, you want to make sure that you're using a pet sitter or dog walker that you know is either a certified professional pet sitter or who's been trained in um, pet first aid or animal behavior so that they're able to spot something that may be wrong. So a member of, of Pet Sitters International, for example, that's taken advantage of certification or educational programs, they'll be much more likely to be able to recognize some red flags, to be able to know that it's time to take this dog to the vet or to contact the owner. That's someone you know that the teenager down the street or maybe a family friend wouldn't be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's tempting sometimes to, especially if you have a difficult dog, to just rely on somebody that they already know. But but you're right, having that a little bit of extra of, hey, they know CPR and they know first aid, that's huge. And having that certification and that license uh, or, or the insurance as well is, is really big. Are there any other general tips that you'd like to offer to traveling uh, pet parents? You know, there, there are two main tips I think that we, we always like to stress. One is that you should always, you know, in addition to asking these questions, um, and sometimes this gets forgotten with so many apps and websites now available, but you always want to make sure before you book any pet sitter that you have an a visit, initial consultation in your home. So mm-hmm. the pet sitter or dog walker should come to your home, meet your pets, uh, become familiar with the home environment, um, where your alarm is, where the dog's food is kept, where the toys are kept, and also just make sure that you're comfortable with the pet sitter, your pet is comfortable with the pet sitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though you know we can find pet sitters easier than ever before, you still don't want to skip that step to make sure that personal connection is there. Right. Um, and then also book early. Um, we hear pet sitters some contact us sometimes, some of our members, and they say, you know, I feel terrible. We've had a pet owner contact us, and they're going out of town, but it's in two days, and I would love to help them, but I can't. So we tell pet owners, when you're making your travel plans, make finding a pet sitter or dog walker one of the first things you do. You mm-hmm. don't want to leave that to last minute because pet sitters and, and dog wa- walkers, the really great ones, book up really quickly. Right. And, and, and there is nothing more stressful than getting ready to leave and realizing that there's nobody stay at home with your pets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really great stuff. And can you tell everybody again where to find um, this information and how to find a professional pet sitter with PSI? Sure. Um, to find a pet sitter, we offer a free search on PetSit.com. You're able to visit the site, enter your zip code, and find local professional PSI pet sitters who service your area. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We have talked a lot today, folks, about traveling with our pets. And honestly, there are some areas that we didn't have time to cover. And we're talking about things like traveling on railroad, traveling abroad, traveling uh, via airplane, and even uh, more in-depth about simply traveling with your uh, pets on a day-to-day basis in the car. And all of those things we're going to be tackling in a later episode. In the meantime, remember that you always have a great resource at PetHub.com. Just click on those articles and news tab to get a lot of really great additional guides and resources. And of course, GoPetFriendly.com, as Amy mentioned earlier in the shows, they keep tabs on the latest policies for airlines, hotels, etc. So definitely go there. Let's talk a little bit about next week. You know, we all think that we have the cutest, most clever, frankly, awesomest pet ever on the planet. And you probably think if everybody knew, I would be famous, she would be famous, he would be famous. Well, we're actually going to talk to some folks next week who do just that on social media. And in some cases, their pets have become pretty darn popular. So tune in next week. We're going to learn all about that. 
that. Thanks again for Amy Burkert from GoPetFriendly.com, Jessica Williams from YouDidWhatWithYourWiener.com, and Beth Stultz from PetSit.com from joining us today. Make sure to check out those websites. And my pet-loving geeks, please give your fur kids a special snuggle from me, and we will meet you back here next Saturday on Voice America's Pet Lover Geek. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 